and welcome to episode 12 of Unleashed, Unchained and Unapologetic. And just to remind you of who we are and what we're about, we're humble driven allies and leadership advocates who are obsessed with supporting leaders to stand up and step up so that workplaces of today and tomorrow truly work for all. Everything we do supports you to lead, shifts the status quo forever by taking one human step in a smarter direction. It all starts and ends with you. Welcome, Karen. Episode 12. Hi, say that every time we do one, which is just bizarre. But I have, <laughs> episode 12 we're on. I know. Good week? Um, yeah, good week. Uh, lots going on as always. Um, probably tell by my slightly husky Barry White voice that uh, all is not well with the throat. So I'm going to sound a bit like a squeaky teenage boy from time to time, which will just skate over. But uh, yeah, apart from that, and we're not going to we're not going to talk about what's led to the squeaky voice, but let's just caption it as stress because that's going to be the topic of both of our next two podcasts. Indeed. So talking about that, let's let's talk about the subject line. So today uh, we're going to be talking about who's running your inner boardroom, your brain or your body. So what do we mean by that, Karen? Okay, well, let's just say a little word about what we mean by in a boardroom for a starter for 10. Mm. So it's a tool that I use in coaching to describe our diff, the different elements of self-talk that we've got. So if you imagine, most of us have got a judge and a critic. We did a segment on that a while back. Um, so the inner voice of the judge is you do it right or you do it wrong. The critics, you're not doing it well enough or you're you know, doing it brilliantly. It's very you know qualitative. But we've got some other board members, um, the accountant, are you earning enough? Are you worth enough? Is it enough? Um, the timekeeper, are you doing it fast enough? Are you getting too old? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Those four voices are basically the ones that try and keep you on track by giving you a good beating. And then on the other side of the boardroom, we've got the intuitor. And we're going to talk about the intuitor today because the intuitor is the board member that represents your feelings and your body, yeah. not your brain. There's the inner child who we often shut up, as, as adults do with children, who's constantly asking why and sees <laughs> things very clearly and asks why we do all the ridiculous things we do. So a positive voice. And the other one is the one that takes care of how we show up and how we're seen by other people. Um, so that's kind of like, what do people think of me? How well am I doing? And that's really interesting because I can already immediately identify with some of my strong boardroom characters <laughs> yes. and how they all play out. And I guess... Um, that you know the key is to get them all in balance and to keep them all under control so everything works well together am I right that's right and that's where the last board and most important board member comes in which is the inner CEO so if you can imagine you've got a management team meeting going on and you've got these characters sitting around a table the inner CEO's job is to get control of the damn meeting you know keep the voices in balance listen to what everybody's got to say and distill it down into well what am I going to do how am I going to show up what am I going to you know, how am I going to be? So today we're going to talk about the intuitor. As I said, this is the board member who is the custodian of how you feel and what your body is trying to tell you. And we're going to talk about your thought leaders who are generally the ones that do all the chattering, the you know, judge, the critic, the accountant, the timekeeper, always giving you messages about what you should be doing, etc. Um, and they're the thinky ones. So there's a lot of thinking. All of the board members, except for the intuitor, are thinky ones. So they're the ones that chatter away. They're very loud. Um, but the intuitor, the way I visualize it, it doesn't have, doesn't have a voice. The only way the intuitor can communicate with you is by giving you feelings, mm. gut feelings. So when you're in a difficult, stressful situation, when your gut's churning, 
that's your intuitor saying, hold on a second, listen to me. That's definitely my strongest board member. I know that for a fact. Right. And, and then we've got the inner CEO whose job it is to try and make sense of the whole catastrophe as it can sometimes be. And the truth is that when our board members are in balance, we are in the best state for everything in life, whether it's relationships, work, we're in a creative space because we're taking all of the information and we're using it in the best and most productive way. It's no different, actually, than being in a job and working and building relationships with those around you, whether mm -hmm. it be sales, whether I'm a marketer, so I'm going to naturally sweep to those with sales or finance or or product and getting that diverse, uh, that diversified, can't even speak, that diversified <laughs> opinion, I can't say the word, opinion and feedback um, to make a considered decision, taking all that into account. It's the same principle, isn't it? That's exactly right. And, and you know, when I think about leadership and, and the way I was trained, you know, there's five elements of leadership. We can talk about what they all are at some point. But the most important relationship you have as a leader is the one that you have with yourself. And that's the relationship you have with your inner CEO. And it's your inner CEO that keeps you in balance. So most people spend their time as leaders looking outside at the relationships they have with the outside world completely skate over the relationship they have with themselves. And so as we work around the board table in some of our segments, we're going to be talking about, you know, what is it that the board members are trying to tell you? And are you actually recognizing that they're either there or what messages they're trying to share? Or, or listening to them. Well, listening. Yeah, I mean, listening is always a great leadership skill, isn't it? You know, randomly, you know, radically underused, but talked about a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a goodie. Um, so really, when you ask the question, you know, uh, who's running you in a boardroom? Is it your brain or your body? The answer is it needs to be both. Sure. Your inner CEO's job is to bring your thought processes and your physical reactions together to come up with a balanced way of being. Okay? So, so how do you do that? How do you do that? So so if I'm that person, just speak, listen, just speaking on behalf of listeners out there, how do you go about doing that and well, becoming aware of that? Well, let's start off with what we what we do today most commonly, which is we go to work, we sit in our chairs mostly unless we've got outdoor jobs and we get on with doing stuff. And a lot of what we do is is involves thinking, thinking about what we need to do, thinking about what needs to happen, thinking about how to do our to-do lists. There's a lot of thought involved. And then there's actions, you know, depends on what job you've got. It could be spreadsheeting, it could be planning, it could be you know, digging a hole, designing a building, who, who knows what it is, but there's a lot of doing involved. And we're so busy doing stuff that it's very rare, I think, at work for people to stop and say, how do I feel? So what we do is any stress or complexity that we come across, we kind of internalize and we carry it. And somewhere in our psyche, there's a notion that if we do a lot of stuff, the stress will go away. But as we all know, we just keep doing more and more and more stuff and the stress doesn't go anywhere because for most people in most jobs, there's not enough movement involved. And as as as, as bodies, as people, um, we evolved through running around, burning off, you know, the stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol by movement. Yeah. Most of our jobs today are highly sedentary. Oh. It's, re it's really interesting because I was just thinking there for a minute, you know, um, it's so common, isn't it? You hear this so many times, and I've, I've experienced it myself. You know, when you go on holiday and you stop, 
what happens people often become ill or they get sick yeah. Yeah. Um, so that kind of makes a lot of sense people are carrying in internal internalizing it and just getting on with it and just getting on with it and just getting on with it so it is really important to just take a minute and hear that out let's take it to the extreme because you've raised a really good point and that is that you don't need to wait for the holiday for the crash to happen if you don't take enough breaks if you don't take notice of your body and how it's feeling it the intuitor will eventually lose their sense of humor and they'll give you a big fat tough message which is you have to stop too much stress can't cope have to stop burnout and that's what i really think the intuitor is there to monitor it's how healthily are you managing your body and brain relationship and with a lot of my clients you know step one is let's reconnect the brain with the spinal column with your body and start to understand what we're trying what our bodies are trying to tell ourselves not just what our brains are thinking um because most of my clients come in carrying some form of stress Mm -hmm. and it's a perpetual long-term stress that they're often unaware of it's interesting as well just just thinking about um sorry karen i've just i just came to something um you know when you um when you think something sometimes what you're thinking can be completely arguing with your gut feeling so say you make a you've got a gut feeling about something but you overthink it and make a decision in your head rather than listening and it's always to my peril and I've done that in the past and I think as I've got older certainly I've become a lot more aware of my own intuition and listening to those signs and taking a minute to fully try and understand those before acting in any way um so I get what you're saying there completely and it's interesting because if I was to ask you why you don't listen to your intuition first and why you listen to your brain first, what would your answer be? I could come up with a number of reasons, Karen. Let's, <laughs> let's, hear, let's hear one. Let's have a stab in the dark. Um, because uh, it doesn't make sense, I suppose, in some sense. ways. Okay. Or you're wanting an outcome to be completely different than what the reality is. Mm-hmm. Or um, because you um, you just you do you sometimes you just push that away don't you, you you've got this yeah. gut feeling and you push it away yeah. and you don't your listen. brain your brain overrides it overrides absolutely because, and, the, and what you said is perfect because the brain is that is the seat of logic we string together what we think are logical thought processes but when you actually say them out loud and write them down quite often they make no sense whatsoever so you know logic is always going to trump feeling because feeling is you know it's fluffy that's tangible right you know, how do I feel when you say sad? Well, what does that mean? It's a feeling. What does sad mean to one person versus another? Maybe not even the same thing. But is one plus one equals two the same for everybody? Well, yes, it is. So, you know, it's a much more, it's much more of a gray area. And that's what makes it so powerful. The number one reason I hear clients say for why don't you follow your intuition is I'm scared that I could be wrong. And listen to the judge overriding. it's like am I going to be right it's too risky to go with my feelings because I could be wrong so I'm going to go with some bent logic because it kind of makes sense right and I hear this all the time for me personally you know when I started working with people um I was told by one of the people that's training me that intuition was my superpower I cannot describe to you how incredibly uncomfortable that made me because my entire life had been characterized by one thought, what if I'm wrong? So I didn't trust my intuition and I didn't listen to it. And actually in the rear view, looking at it, Always right. most of the major 
mistakes or missteps that I've made or things that I wish I could have done slightly differently sit around me not listening to my gut and mm. actually following some warped logic instead or worse still what somebody else's opinion was or what I thought somebody else's opinion was or what I thought I should do lots of rules with no logic attached so where's the power and you asked how do you get in touch with your gut how do you get in touch with your feelings well you have to practice it because most of us are deeply out of practice you know and it goes back to some of the socialization around emotions as as children you know Parents can be uncomfortable with kids who cry or kids aren't happy or, you know, if they're very happy, then there's a lot, there's a lot of judgment around emotions. That's interesting because when I used to, whenever, my mum was in nursing, so she was in psychiatric nurse, but whenever um, any of us children, she's brilliant with other people, she could react on the spot, deal with it, bang. If any of us fell over, we'd get shouted at. And it wasn't because she was cross, it was because she was frightened. Mm-hmm. Yes, and fear will trump healthy emotion every single time. Yeah, we will do weird things when we're scared that we wouldn't normally do if we we're feeling relaxed. Okay. As, as a receptor, as a, as a person receiving that, they see it as, oh, it's, it's anger, it's anger, it's anger. So you can see how the misconceptions in communication. Emotion is bad. Exactly. So crying is bad. And, you know, again, number okay. of advice I've had is I don't want to have that conversation in a meeting because I'm worried I'm going to cry. And right. I'm okay, option A, you don't have the conversation and it continues on the way it is. Or option B is you go in and you say, look, this is a very emotional topic for me. There's a chance I'm going to cry. So just so that you know, it's because it's emotional. It's not because I'm vulnerable or upset. It's because this is difficult for me to talk about. Yeah. And once you've owned the emotion up front and normalized it, it takes some of the stress out of the situation because you're to your point, if you're in a meeting with somebody and maybe it's a feedback meeting or it could even be a redundancy meeting, whatever it is, and the other person starts crying, there's a load of panic. And the, and the most common approach in meetings when somebody gets upset is to either try and comfort them overtly and tell them it's going to be OK, which is about as much help as telling an amputee victim that the leg's going to grow back. Right. <laughs> or. You, you, or you try and close the meeting down. It's, it's like, well, you know, go away and have a think about it and come back to me when you feel better. You know, it's not, we don't deal well with emotion in the workplace. But it's so healthy. Crying is so, so healthy. Well, it releases chemicals that actually de-stresses and make us feel exactly. better. It's there for a reason, right? Um, so again, you know, how do you get into this intuitive space? First rule of engagement is stop. Just stop. Second rule of engagement is breathe. If you take proper deep belly breaths, five of them, you click into the part of your nervous system that allows you to take some perspective and take a step back and really tap into what's going on in the moment. So instead of the stress of I have to have an answer, is it right, is it wrong, how am I showing up and all that thinky stuff, stopping and taking a beat is the most powerful action you can have. And letting yourself feel, what urge do I have? I love the word urge. We have urges all the time in the office that we yeah. just big fat ignore. And if you can get in touch with what the urge is, nine times out of 10, that message coming straight from your intuition is to do something that's absolutely appropriate. These messages come from your subconscious learning, from your experiences and from your wisdom of the energy flow that's going on around you with other people. They are the seat of your ability to accurately read emotions in others. 
That's what intuition is. It's accurately reading what's going on around you. Fascinating. And, and we don't allow ourselves the space and time to do this. So what do we do? Carry a truckload of stress. And I know you're an expert in this, Elle. So question for you, what's the best way, given that we sit in sedentary, crappy jobs all the time, not moving around and yeah. build up lots of stress hormones that damage our organs? What's the best way to deal with that in your world? <laughs> well, it's exercise. I mean, 100%. It's, it's incredibly powerful. And I think the one thing that always frustrates me about exercise, is when you talk about exercise, people immediately think of burning calories, trying to say thin, you know, using it as a, and it, and it suddenly becomes this daunting thing. Exercise is actually a fantastic way to release endorphins, the happy feelings. It reduces, it gets, burns off that cortisol. It makes you feel better. It gives you time and space to yourself. And I would always advise people, you know, my thing's weight training. I love, I used to be a bodybuilder. I love weight training and it's where I do all my thinking. But I would advise anybody, even if it's just having a dance in your living room to your best tunes or going out for a gentle walk and taking in the wander around you. But, you know, there's find something you love doing that you can stick to because exercise should be a pleasure, not a chore. That's my yeah. biggest piece of advice. I'm, I'm a massive passionate and advocate for, for exercise. I, I just believe it's all <laughs> And I'm fascinated by what you said then. It's when I do my thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm like you. I, you know, my favorite forms of exercise, I've got two. I love swimming, like long distance swimming is to be a swimmer. And for me, it's really a mantra. I get into the rhythm of doing the strokes and my brain starts to process and organize all of the stuff, right? I come out of the pool, I'm completely physically relaxed and totally on point. And my thought processes are sharper and smarter. Similarly with yoga, and I, I've got to say, I, I do love a weight train as well. I just love the, you know, it's the letting go of the pent up energy that I find exercise really allows me to do. And it just sharpens your mind. And, it, you know, there's plenty of research to prove this. There's plenty of stuff out there that tells you exactly that this is a great thing to do. And what do we do? Self-harm and deny ourselves. Exactly. This and listen, after you've done it, even if you've gone for a walk, even if you don't feel like it, even if you've gone for a walk, there's never a moment. I, I, I honestly, I challenge anyone who can come back and say the opposite. There's no one that comes back and says, well, that was a waste of time and I didn't enjoy that and I'm not feeling better. You know, there's a lot of people that sit down at the end of the day and I'm not, this is no judgment, but think their way of relaxing is having a glass of wine, you know? And yeah, actually, I mean, I will, I will say that I'm not adverse to a glass of wine. What I find is it, it's interesting because, again, what is it doing? It For me, it partially switches off the stress responses in my brain. Mm -hmm. So the reason I might go for a glass of wine is it actually takes the edge off, and that's what often people describe. But is it actually going to help you burn off the stress? No, it is not. Not unless you go stumbling around or, you know, have a few drinks and go crazy dancing, which I used to do when I was at college a lot, and I used to burn off the energy that way. But, you know... It's it's another way of giving your brain a break. Mm. I think that's what it is. But I fundamentally, brain plus body is super powerful. Your inner CEO in balance is well exercised, able to think clearly, able to listen to all the board members, like listen to them. Your judge and critic are not there to give you a hard time. They're there to give you information about what you need to do differently. Positive, helpful information. Your CEO's job is to take that information and apply it so you can move forwards in a better way. And this is really interesting because I guess your judging critic 
is a bit like what other people might call your imposter syndrome. Oh God, I hate that phrase. Let's <laughs> talk a bit more about touch imposter syndrome. I, I, well, the reason I hate any soundbite that is negative mm -hmm. is the minute we negative soundbite in our subconscious, guess what? We start labeling ourselves like, and all we're doing is giving our judges and critics another narrative. What's wrong with us? I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Brilliant, just the way you are. Listen to the messages, not as judgment, not as criticism, but as pointers to how to move forwards in a better way. And, you know, there's some brilliant work that I heard about on a podcast years ago. Somebody was doing a prison with prisoners who had, you know, done the most dreadful things like murderers, etc. you know, awful rapists. And she got them to do therapy, which involved externalizing the voices, the self-talk that had driven them to this point. And in all cases, it was there was a judge, there was a critic, there were some really negative, strong, should voices there, usually coming from really difficult childhoods. And she got them to paint and articulate what those voices were, what they said, all of that stuff, and then to befriend them. And I just remember, and so her ability to turn, you know, serious offenders into people who accepted the negative, dreadful things about themselves and therefore didn't take them out on other people was extraordinary. Because when we take control of our inner boardroom and of our what we see as our, our bumps and scratches, it makes us more powerful, it makes us more rounded, it makes us more competent, and frankly, just more able to cope life. Um, and serious offenders have struggled with life. You know, that's yeah. why they end up where they end up. So I love the notion of us understanding and befriending our inner board members. Yeah, because once really you have power over your self-talk, once you allow yourself to be all of the things that you are and accept them all as being good, positive opportunities to do something, then you're unstoppable. Yeah, I think that's so really self-harm and self-beating up thing. It's a choice, right? You can choose how you listen to the should. You can choose it. It's a baseball bat that I beat myself up with. I should do better. Or alternatively, ah, that didn't go so well. Now I can do something differently. I, I love that. And I it makes complete sense. One thing that I'm just going to ask, because it's just come to my mind and I'm absolutely curious, and you might not know the answer, actually. I don't know. Very possibly. It, 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 there's something about that that comes to me around the difference between being present. Yes. And your head, and I'm guilt, I've been guilty of this so many times, and running to the next question without really listening to what that person has to say. Is a similar is a similar kind of um, example, isn't it? Because if you're really present and you're really listening to that person, you're truly listening, and you're not thinking about action, 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 next, 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 next. It takes you into a moment of taking a beat. I think that's really powerful, and I'm going to link it to something because when you're in balance with yourself, when your inner boardrooms in balance, when your inner CEO is in control, it's almost as though you're not in the room. Yeah. Because you're so present, your brain is so connected to your body that you have the capacity to listen to other people. You have the capacity to feel what's going on around you. And that's being present. And again, when your self-chatter is too loud or when you're disconnected from your feelings, you've got all these board members trying to be heard. No wonder you can't be present and listen to other Man, people. So stressful. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, I was feeling stressed as I said it. So, yeah, so again, you know, the trick here is if you want to connect and be present, give yourself a break. 
Give yourself a beat. Listen to your body. Without judging it, without just listen to the feeling and then allow your brain and body to, to have a bit of a chat with each other. That's your inner CEO. It's observation, isn't it? It's just yeah. absolutely, take yourself outside and look from the outside in. It's allowing yourself, right? We don't allow ourselves, don't give ourselves permission to do this stuff. We just keep soldiering on, charging on, trying to do the right thing, focused on the external world and forgetting that probably the biggest power we have, the most energy we have access to is within us. We don't get it from outside. We have control over an enormous set of resources and just using your brain all the time, not the smartest tool in the shed. So that's my thought for today. Any Anything you want to add, Al? No, I think this is, I think this has been so, so interesting. And I do, um, it's, it's incredibly powerful. And I do hope that people listening um, are having some aha moments and a couple of light bulb moments, because I think when you can literally conquer this, you're in such a better place. Um, uh, I can speak from experience, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, so what would be, I guess you've already said it really. I was going to say, what's the one action that we want, that one exercise that people can take away from this to do today and do, but I guess you've just said that. Yeah. It's just stop, sink in, let yourself feel and figure out where the urge is going to take you, you know, and, and just give yourself permission. You know, I think time and space are two of the most valuable things we can give ourselves and we just don't do it enough. So Amen to, that. <laughs> Amen to that. Karen, thank you again for, well, for all your expertise and advice and, and, and guided wisdom. Um, again, thank you everyone that's listened in and tuned into this podcast. We really appreciate you. Um, we're getting some lovely feedback, which is invaluable. So please, if you um, have any questions, please write them in the comments. Please send us a DM. Um, always happy to help. And if please, again, recommend it. Share with your friends because we just want to spread the word. This is a real passion project for us. Um, nothing more than that. And um, like the bell, click on it and subscribe. And thank you again. And we'll see you next time.